0: Chapter One Ninety Seven of Varney the Vampire, Volume Three This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Julie Bynum. Varney the Vampire, Volume Three by Thomas Prescott Prest. Chapter One Ninety Seven The Old Manor House The Rescue. Varney's Despair. At about ten o'clock on that same night on which Varney the Vampire plunged into the sea with hopes of getting rid of the world of troubles that oppressed him, a small fishing-boat might have been seen a distance of about twenty-five miles from the Suffolk coast, trying to make for land, and baffled continually by the wind that blew off shore. In this boat were two young men, and from their appearance they evidently belonged to the wealthier class of society. They were brothers— FROM THEIR CONVERSATION WE SHALL GATHER THE CIRCUMSTANCES THAT THREW THEM INTO SUCH SITUATION, NOT BY ANY MEANS DIVESTED OF PERIL AS IT WAS. "'Well, Edwin,' said one, "'here we have been beating about for five hours, trying to get in shore, and all our little bark permits us to do is, I think, not materially, to increase our distance from home.' "'That is about the truth, Charles,' said the other, and it was my fault. "'Come, Edwin, don't talk in that way.' There is no fault in the matter. How could you know that the wind would stiffen into such a breeze as it has, so that we cannot fight out against it? Or, if there be fault, of course it's as much mine as yours, for am I not here, and do I not know full well what an amount of consternation there will be at the Grange? There will indeed. Well, their joy when we get back will be all the greater. Shall we get back? Can you ask? Look at our little boat. Is she not seaworthy? Does she not dance on the waves merrily? It is only the wind, after all, that baffles us. If it would drop a little, we could, I think, make head against it with the oars." The brothers were silent now for a few moments, for they were each looking at the weather. At length Edwin spoke, saying, "'We shall have the moon up, and that may make a change.' "'Very likely, very likely. There is not, I think, quite so much sea as there was. Suppose we try the oars again.' The other assented, and the two young men exerted themselves very much to decrease their distance from the Suffolk coast by pulling away right manfully. But it was quite evident to them that they did no good, and that they had just as well dropped westward as they had been doing by keeping the sail set and steering as near as possible to the wind. Why, if this goes on, Charles, where shall we get to by the morning? To Northumberland, perhaps, or further— well, if we go far enough, what say you to attempting the vexata questio of the North-West Passage? Nay, I cannot jest. It's a sad thing, this. More sad a good deal for those who are at home than for us. To-morrow is Clara's wedding-day, and what a damper it will be upon all to suppose that we have perished at sea. They will never suppose that we would do anything so ridiculous. Why, at the worst, you know, we could go before the wind and run on to Holland." yes if no storm arises or such a gale as might founder our boat there there is the moon yes and she will soon be overtaken by yon bank of clouds that seem to be scudding after her in the blue heavens ha a sail by jove where where not i think above 4 miles there to the east by our little compass which it is a good thousand mercies we have with us look you may see her sails against that light cloud there i see her Think you you will see us? There is every chance, for her swell of canvas will be all the other way. Fire your fowling-piece, and the sound may reach her. The wind is good for carrying it." Charles took a fowling-piece from the bottom of the boat. The brothers had merely gone out at sunset, or a little before it, to shoot gulls, and he tried to discharge the piece. But several seas that they had shipped, while they were thinking of other things than keeping the gun dry, had, for the time being, most effectively prevented it from being discharged. Ah! said Edwin, as he heard the click of the lock, that hope is lost. It is indeed, and to my thinking the ship is distancing us rapidly. You see our mast and sail will, at even this distance, lie so low on the horizon that they will hardly see us unless they are sweeping the sky with a night-glass. And that is not likely. "'Certainly not. So we have nothing for it but to hold on our way. I am getting hungry, if you are not. I certainly am not getting hungry, for I have felt famished these last two hours. But I suppose we may hold out against the fiend hunger some hours yet. What are you looking at so earnestly, eh? I hardly know. You hardly know. Let me see. Why—why what is it? There seems to be something now, and that much darker than the waves, tiding on their tops.' there do you not see it there it is again there yes yes what on earth can it be a dead body indeed ah it drifts towards us there is some current hereabouts for you see it comes to us against the wind don't deceive yourself brother it is we who are going with the wind towards it and now you can see there is no doubt about what it is some poor fellow who has been drowned get out the boat hook get it out why you would not take in such a cargo edwin god forbid but i feel some curiosity to see who and what sort of a personage it is here we have him what a length he is to be sure the body was nearly alongside the boat and one of the brothers detained it with a boat-hook while they both looked earnestly at it it was the body of a man remarkably well dressed and had no appearance of having been under the water long the features as far as they could see them were calm and composed the hands were clenched, and some costly-looking rings glittered on the fingers through the salt spray that foamed and curled around the insensible form. Charles, said Edwin, what we shall do. Edwin shook his head. I—I I don't like—like like what? I don't like to cast it adrift again, and not take it ashore where it can rest in an honest man's groan if he be one. Fancy it being one of us! Would it not be a consolation to those who love us to know that we rested in peace among our ancestors, in preference to rotting in the sea tossed and mangled by every storm that blows? I do not like to cast the body adrift again. It's a ghastly passenger. It is, but that ghastliness is only an idea, and we should remember that we ourselves—stop, brother, stop! Do not fancy that I oppose your wish to convey this body to the shore and place it in some sanctified spot. What I expressed concerning it was merely the natural feeling that must arise on such an occasion, nothing more. Then you are willing? I am. The two brothers now, without further doubts or remarks upon the subject, got the body into the boat and laid it carefully down. Then Edwin folded and tied a handkerchief over the face. For as he truly enough said— There is no occasion to have to encounter that dead face each moment that one turns one's eyes in that direction. It is sufficient that we have, by taking the body in at all, done all that humanity can dictate to us. To this Charles agreed, and it was remarked by them both as a strange thing, that from the moment of their taking in the dead body to the boat the wind dropped, and finally there was almost a calm, after which there came a soft gentle air from the south-east, which enabled them with scarcely any exertion on their own parts to make great progress toward their own home, from which they found they had not by any means been driven so far northward as they had at first thought. The brothers looked at each other, and it was Edwin who broke the silence and put into words what they both thought by saying, Charles, there is something more in this whole affair than what lies just upon its surface. Yes, it seems as if we were driven out to sea by some special providence to do this piece of work, and that, having done it, the winds and the waves obeyed the hand of their mighty master, and allowed our return. It does seem so, said the other. End of chapter 197